Good morning. Good morning to those watching online. It's good to spend this Sunday with you. Um, it's so cool to have the middle school students uh, lead us in Advent. Would you give them a round of applause, our awesome middle schoolers? And uh, our high schoolers and middle schoolers leading us in worship today. Give them a round of applause. Awesome. We love uh, investing in students and it's really our, our vision, our values to, to pass on the faith to the next generation, raise up the next generation of leaders. So we love uh, leadership opportunities and, and just coming alongside these kids and, and raising them up in the Lord and in the church uh, and in Christ. So cool. I love, it's my favorite Sundays when they are involved, no doubt about it. Um, let me pray and then I'll dive into the message today. As I, as I pray, I want you to think about, as Haley mentioned with the Christmas invites, um, thinking about who you could bring to Christmas with you. There's so many people hurting in our uh, spheres of influence, and I just want you to think about, man, is there someone that you could bring to church? And maybe you're traveling for Christmas, and uh, we'll miss you for Christmas, but uh, wherever you go, would you maybe find an awesome church uh, to bring your family to? Drag them all to church, and uh, let's remember this amazing Savior that we have in Jesus Christ. Uh, as I pray, think about those people that the Lord might put on your heart. Uh, Lord, we thank you for this season. We thank you that our culture um, it recognizes a day that Jesus came. And there's celebrations, and Lord, and we can get caught up in the stuff that doesn't really matter as much. But Lord, I pray that we, we wouldn't forget the reason for Christmas. And we thank you so much for giving us the gift, best gift of all, Jesus Christ. That while we were yet sinners, you sent your son to die on the cross so that we could be saved. God, we thank you for Jesus. And God, I pray that every single one of us would receive him as our Lord and Savior. And we pray for those um, around us in our neighborhood, our coworkers, our family, our neighbors. We lift them up to you, Lord. We are here to be a light to them. And I pray that that light would shine. God, give us favor with them and help us to prayerfully introduce them to you, Lord Jesus, whether that's inside the church or outside the church. We pray that the churches that proclaim your truth would be filled this Christmas and that more people would come to know you. We thank you and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, Tuesday uh, was a regular night of the week for the Phelps. What we do in the evenings... Um, our kids are what I describe as middle-aged children. So middle-aged children, in my opinion, is you got, you know, babies, those are the young ones. You know, you got the older teens and 20s or whatever. And then ours are middle-aged. And when you get middle-aged kids, uh, your evenings are shot, okay? They are out the window. You no longer have hobbies or interests or sit down. You just run them to different things. It's super fun, super fun. Um, and so it's a regular Tuesday night. Jess and I are running all over town, dropping this kid and that kid and picking up this kid. Our, like for a living, Jess schedules uh, executives calendar, okay? And like some of the, the, like these people are busy, okay? That's what she does, okay? You know, I can maintain my calendar pretty well. Our kids' activity schedules, not a chance. I mean, these things, no one can synthesize these things. They're, it's crazy. So we're running around, and I, on Tuesday, I beat her home uh, with my errands, my kid errands. And so I beat her home, and uh, she comes home, and she finds me. I'm, I'm sitting down. Um, I got a nice pot pie, you know, because it's Minnesota. Um, 
not, not banquet 99 cent Popeye. This is homemade and I made it. I just needed to tell you guys that. Thank you. Hold your applause till after the service. And, uh, <laughs> and so I, I, I sit down and, and I turn the TV on and there's a Christmas movie on. And it's, it's this, the Santa Claus is coming to town. And my wife walks in and she sees what's going on. Me with my dinner and watching. And she's like, like, what's going on? She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm just watching a movie. Now she has probably never seen me in, in her 14 years of marriage, uh, watching this movie or any other movie, just lounging out. She's like, what in the world is going on here? It was just blow her mind. I think she thinks I'm having a midlife crisis. But, but you know, I, I'm like, you know, give me a break. This is, I get about two minutes of my day to relax here and it's Christmas, you know? And I've, I've never watched that whole movie. I probably, I don't know if I'll ever be able to finish that movie, but I can start it sometimes. And, uh, and I was just basking in the, season of Christmas. <laughs> and it's, it's fun. It's a, it's a fun time of year. It's a fun time of year. But, it, but into this fun, fest, festive season uh, can also be challenges. There's lots of challenges. There's lots of stress and anxieties that we carry in our life. And maybe that's why we want to escape to uh, the pot pie end of the movie. Maybe if we could just get a little breath of air a little break from all the worries of life. And I know there's many people who during these seasons, it's some of the most difficult seasons, especially if, you're, um, if you've lost a loved one, um, if, if work is just something that is just killing you. Whatever it may be, maybe it's a sickness or a disease that you have or somebody that you know has. It's, it can also be a challenging time of year. And for some of us, what we want for Christmas is just a little peace, just a little comfort, just a little normal, whatever normal is. Another classic Christmas movie uh, that is on TV often this time of year is Jingle All the Way. It was actually shot in Minnesota. I know we can put out great movies uh, with, um, you know, very own... Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, politician, actor, whatever he is. Uh, Sinbad, Phil Hartman are in this movie. You guys know Sinbad? No, okay. Uh, Wikipedia him. But uh, in this movie, what's interesting about this movie is that Schwarzenegger is, is his dad and his, everything he does just kind of goes wrong. His, his marriage is falling apart. Phil Hartman's kind of the home record neighbor that's kind of moving in. And he's always late, never there for his family when he needs to be. And so for Christmas, his son, he's trying to make up for all the things that he's missed and lost out on. And his son wants this doll, this uh, toy, Turbo Man. And Turbo Man is like this generation of Tickle Me Elmo. I don't know if any of you guys back in the day, I don't know what, I don't know what the new toys are these days. It's probably an iPhone, 27. <laughs> Uh, but so, so Schwarzenegger's like, okay, I'm going to get this toy for my son. And the whole movie is trying to get this toy. Okay. And everything goes wrong. I mean, it just is a train wreck. 
He, he gets in trouble time after time. His marriage continues to fall apart. He's losing his trust of his family and he can't catch a break. Maybe that's a little more what our lives look like. And maybe as we think about Christmas, maybe we just need a miracle. Like I need God to intervene because that is the only way. So I want to ask you, as you think about this season, do you need a miracle? Do you need a miracle? Let me share with you some Christmas miracles. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 says this. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man, and he didn't want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to, to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived of the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She'll give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. God is with us. The Christmas story. We have the, the virgin birth. The prophecy fulfilled. Pastor Tim talked about that last week. Born in Bethlehem. From Nazareth. Born of a virgin. I love in Matthew chapter 2, King Herod is pretty upset that this new king is born. This Messiah. And he wants the, this alleged king killed. And so King Herod asks, hey, where is the Messiah to be born? And he get, gathers together the leading priests and the teachers of the law to ask them the question, where is the Messiah going to be born? And you know what? They know exactly where the Messiah is going to be born. How do they know where the Messiah is going to be born? Because God told them. In the Old Testament, they knew God was going to send them a savior and they knew where he would be born. Micah chapter five, verse two, written hundreds of years before Jesus is born, says this, but you, O Bethlehem of Ephrathah, are only a small village among all the people of Judah. Yet a ruler of Israel whose origins are in the distant past will come from you on my behalf. The people of Israel will be abandoned to their enemies until the woman in labor gives birth. Hey, where's this Messiah going to be born? Bethlehem. This small little town. That's where he's going to be born. Herod knows. This is where the Savior is to be born because God told us long ago. It's a miracle. It's amazing. God knew it. And it happened just as he said it would. God is faithful and God keeps his promises. Psalm 145, 12, God keeps his promises. Another miracle of Christmas is that God comes as Emmanuel. 
Back to Matthew 1, 22. All this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet, okay? All these things are happening, not out of happenstance, but because God said they would happen. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She'll give birth to a son. They'll call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. God is with us. You know, in this difficult life, life is hard. It's challenging. It seems like trouble lurks beyond every corner. It's almost like someone's trying to sabotage us. And into this mess comes Emmanuel. God coming to save us and rescue us. I love what Caleb said in the sermon a couple weeks back. He says, God doesn't leave us, we leave him. God doesn't leave us, we leave him. God is always near. Listen to these passages of scripture and and I'd encourage you, maybe write them down and, and come visit them. Uh, throughout the week, but Psalm 38 verse, or 34 verse 18 says this. The Lord is, and after I say the Lord is, tell me what that word is. The Lord is close, close. So let's try it one more time. The Lord is close. The Lord is close. That means he's not far, right? He's near. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed, okay? So if your spirits are crushed, if you're brokenhearted, if you need rescuing, understand the Lord is close. The Lord's close. Psalm 145, 18, the Lord is close to all who call on him. Yes, to all who call on him in truth. The Lord is close. Acts 17, verse 27, I love this one. His purpose was for the nations, God's purpose was for the nations to seek after him. And perhaps, okay, let me just pause there. God creates the universe. He creates man and his purpose. He puts his fingerprints all over creation and he wants man to perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. He wants us to find our way toward him. And he's not distant. It says, though he is not far from any one of us. God wants us to go seek him and find him. And it's not hard. And it's not difficult to find God. Because he's near and he's everywhere. James 4, 8, come close to God and he will come close to you. How many times in the scriptures do we have to hear that God is near? Why does God keep repeating that? Probably because we need to hear it. We need to get this into our hearts and minds. Come close to God. God will come close to you. Wash your hands, your sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Psalm 139, verse 7. Can I ever escape from your spirit? I can never get away from your presence. Okay, as I read this, I think of Adam and Eve in the garden. Okay, Adam and Eve, when they sinned, what'd they do? They went and hid, right? And listen to this. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. Can you hide from God? We can try. Can we run away from God? We can try. It doesn't work. It doesn't work because God is everywhere. If I go up to heaven, it says you're there. 
If I go down the grave, you're there. If I ride on the wings of the morning, if I dwell in the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. Where can we go to get away from the Lord? Nowhere. Can't go anywhere to get away from him, even though sometimes we try. Jeremiah 23, 24. Can anyone hide from me in the secret place? Am I not everywhere in all the heaven and the earth, says the Lord? We can't hide. We can't escape. God is near. He is Emmanuel, which means God is with us. There's a, some people who believe in something that's called deism. And deism is a belief system that says that God created the universe. He created us, but he is distant. He is far. He is uninvolved and he doesn't care about humanity. That's deism. But Christmas is a complete contradiction to deism. Emmanuel coming to us, intervening in human history on our behalf. Here comes Jesus. God is not uninvolved. He cares. He cares so much that while we were sinners, he sent his son, Jesus. He loved the world so much that he sent his son in the world to pay the penalty for our sin so that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. That's our amazing God. His love is so deep that he sacrificed his son for us. That's Christmas. How awesome is this? Jesus, God taking on flesh. Uh, Hebrews 4.15 says, it's talking about Jesus. And it says, the high priest, Jesus, understands our weaknesses. For he faced all the same testings we do, yet did not sin. Then as he takes on flesh, he understands. He understands our pain. He understands our brokenness, our heartache. He understands. He can sympathize with us. He knows. Does the scriptures say he was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. He was beaten and whipped. He knows. He's walked in our shoes. He understands. And he created us to walk with him. My challenge for you this week is really simple, really simple, is that, and it's, it's, it goes right with, the season that we're in is in light of the next week of Christmas, would we draw near to God? Would you draw near to God? And, and maybe that looks like just waking up in the morning, starting your day with talking to God, checking in with him, maybe reading his word. Maybe you read the Christmas story this week. Maybe ending your day Checking in with God, maybe on your lunch break, if you get a lunch break, taking a pause and talking with God. Walking with him. We're not created to walk alone. We're not created to shoulder our pain ourselves. Don't try to medicate your wounds. God wants to walk with us through the best times and through the worst times. Sometimes we think we're strong 
But every single one of us needs the Lord. Every single one of us needs the Lord. And we were created, designed, and engineered to have him near us, with us, and fighting for us. Don't try to go alone. I, uh, I have a story I want to share with you. Uh, Dan DeBoer is one of our, our board members. He's going off the board here January 1st. But he's been a board member for about six years, and he gave me permission to share this story. He's been really struggling with health complications, um, health issues. And uh, just the last couple of years, dealt with a lot of digestive problems and um, a lot of pain. And he's been in and out of, of the ER, been doctoring, been in Rochester, doing all kinds of tests. And um, they, they figured out that his kidney function was uh, decreasing steadily over time. They have, I have a picture of just a screenshot of his medical chart. And this is February 2323 and May 4th. And his kidney function is just decreasing over time. And this is part of the reason that he's having the struggles that he's having. And he just understands, hey, this is, this is what it is. And one of our uh, teachers from Elevate, our middle school ministry, brought Dan in to Elevate to just share what's going on with, with Dan, his health. And this, this teacher is dealing with the same, similar kind of things as well. And um, afterward, Dan kind of shared and, and they prayed for him. The, the middle school kids gathered around him and prayed for him. And, you know, God doesn't always do a miracle, but he can, and that's why we ask. Because every once in a while, he interrupts human history, and he can do miracles. He can do it. So we go to him, and we just present our request to him and see what God wants to do. And, you know, uh, well, let me just, let me just show you. After, after the kids prayed, he went back into the doctor, and here's his new chart. Isn't that amazing? It's even better than it was before. It's like, okay, uh, doc, can you explain that? <laughs> nope. No, we can't. We can't explain that. Can't explain that. Every once in a while, God shows up and puts his fingerprints all around us. He is a God of miracles. Do you need a miracle? Do you need a miracle? There's only one that can do the impossible. There's only one. I'm not a miracle chaser. <laughs> There's not a lot of miracles I've seen in my life. I, I, don't, I don't put all, all my stock in miracles. <laughs> I don't do that. Even, even Jesus didn't. <laughs> As the people came to see Jesus, they say, oh, do another one of those things where you like multiply the food. Do, do that thing. He's like, nah, no. Like do the wine one. That's what gets the people rolling, right? Let's do the wine one. Okay, that's lucrative too. He's like, no, no, no. And I wonder if more, when, when he had all these miracle chasers, he's wondering, hey, do you just want to get to know me? Do you just want to walk alongside me? Do you know where I'm going? I'm going to the cross. Do you want to walk with me there? Do you want to walk with me through the ups and downs? And, and as he died and rose from the dead, he's still Emmanuel, who wants to walk through any journey that we're on, all the way to the end, 
all the way to the finish line. God wants us to walk with him. Are we willing to open up our lives to him? Are we willing to stop running from him or hiding from him? Are we willing to stop just trying to do it all ourselves and trust in our mighty, awesome, powerful Savior that is Jesus Christ? The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. The Lord is close to all who call on him. His purpose was for the nations to seek after him and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Though he is not far from any one of us, would we draw near to God as he draws near to us? Would you draw near to God this next week and this next year? I want to wrap up with, uh, uh, I have uh, one of our, students, Emily, is going to sing a song for us. And as she sings this next song, I just want to think about, I want you to think about what all's going on in your life. Maybe the hurt, the pain, the challenges, the trials, maybe the victory. And, and my hope is that this, this song would just minister to you. So I encourage you to just uh, soak in the lyrics. And as First Peter 5 says, give your worries and cares to him, for he cares Thanks.